Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Moneyball Minute. This is Kirk Henderson, Editor-in-Chief of MavsMoneyball.com. Uh, in the coming days and weeks, I'm going to be testing out a new version of a podcast, which I will hopefully try to drop every now and again on non-game days. We'll see, uh, we'll see how things go, and maybe I will be doing it more often, depending on the feedback and how things are going. With a couple of days between games, after kind of a relentless onslaught, I wanted to take a few minutes and cover some of the recent news items and things that we just haven't had time to hit upon because there's just been so much news. Uh, the first thing that is is worth noting is that Luka Doncic is this week's uh, NBA um, Western Conference Player of the Week for the Western Conference, and it's the fifth time in his career that he's done this, and so it's it's been pretty bananas for Luca over the last three games. Uh, he averaged 43 points, uh, over 10 rebounds and 8.3 assists in just under, um, 30 or just over 37 minutes. That 129 points that he scored is the most in a three game span for any player in, uh, Dallas Mavericks history, which is pretty, um, remarkable. You know, the games that we talked about last week, you know, we covered them pretty pretty relentlessly on our podcasts, but they're just so fun to talk about when Luca's going nuts like this. Um, one of the things I always find very interesting, at least when it comes to Mavs Moneyball comment sections, are the people who just don't like Luca. And I can't really I can't really understand that because, you know, number one, he's the face of the franchise. So if you don't like the best player, then you probably should find a better way to spend your time. Um, the heliocentrism that that the Mavericks are kind of resorting back to is just going to become the way they play for the next several months. He and Luka Doncic are it. Uh, I'm sorry, he and Jalen Brunson are it with everybody else, uh, you know, kind of bringing up the rear guard as best they can. There's not too, too much that, that they're going to be able to do over these coming weeks uh, offensively. It's it's The Mavericks are just kind of a one-man show. Um, Porzingis kind of allowed for the facade that, that wasn't the case, but he didn't play enough, and that's why he's no longer with the team. I'm trying to really think about, uh, you know, what was was going on these last several games because the the last game against the Clippers wasn't even really a great game from him until the final three minutes when he scored 15 points. Um, according to the press release the Mavericks put out, he became the 10th player in NBA history to produce a 45-15-8 and eight effort. Uh, he joins, you know, NBA, you know, legends like Elgin Baylor, Wilt Chamberlain, obviously Kareem. Um, Russell Westbrook and James Harden, interestingly enough, have also put up similar efforts. And then, of course, the Joker out in Denver. Um, it's it's really fun watching him. I, I Now that he is in a different physical shape, and a lot of people really want to debate this point, whether he is or isn't. But now that he's in great shape, it's really fun to watch Luka. He's basically uh, going to be appointment television for the rest of the year if he wasn't already. Um, the other piece of news that I felt worth discussing was on Mark Stein's Substack, which came out uh, by the time you're hearing this two days ago. I really recommend subscribing to Mark's Substack. Mark more or less confirmed what had been a theory that I had been operating off of since um, since trade deadline day. So as we all know, the Dallas Mavericks moved Chris Stapp's Porzingis for Spencer Dinwiddie and for uh, Davis Bertans. And... I think it's it's pretty safe to say, based off of what Stein is reporting here, he he says Toronto league sources say stepped away because of concerns about Porzingis's long term health. 
a lot of fans were really upset that the Mavericks didn't go get that, you know, Dragic and and basically do a it's kind of going to be a salary dump for for lack of a better description. But it turns out that that was never really on the table for Dallas. Like it wasn't Dallas who pulled out, it was Toronto. And I've sort of been hypothesizing that they pulled out mainly because of of long-term medical concerns and according to Stein that's that has been um that's been confirmed. So pivoting to the the trade with the Wizards uh ends up being because the Mavericks must have realized that there was not a market for Porzingis and holding on to him could only make things worse for them over over the next um you know coming weeks and months because if if Porzingis were to get hurt again on the Mavericks watch, he went, he would go from having like negative trade value, meaning you're probably going to get back stuff you don't want uh, in a trade to having no trade value, meaning there wouldn't be anyone that would be willing to take him on without uh, uh, draft compensation. I know my colleague, uh, Lauren Gunn uh, was very confused why the Mavericks didn't get draft compensation. And I think it's safe to say that the medicals that, that, you know, Toronto balking at, at the, at uh, Porzingis just for future medical concerns meant that at somewhere along the Maverick leadership, they must have realized that the risk tolerance that they had for Porzingis was not shared by any other team in the league, except for Washington, apparently, which is pretty wild to me. Um, you know, Porzingis missed 21 of the first 55 games of the season, and that's just not going to cut it. Uh, he was very good with the Mavericks when he did play this year outside of maybe his three-point shooting. But this ends up being the sort of deal, I think, over the long term um, that the Mavericks are going to look back on and be glad that they did it, even if Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans don't play great basketball. Um, the the specter of, of having, you know, two two more years after this of Porzingis, you know, 30 million or 35, it's like 34, 35, something per year is just too much for the Mavericks to deal with. So coming up later tonight, um, the Mavericks play the Miami Heat. The Heat are just a remarkably good basketball team every stinking year. They are 17 games over 500 and just play a, a, a it's just all the time the Heat are good. It makes me it's I'm very frustrated because it's, you know, year after year they seem to put 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 together some sort of team that is unbelievably competitive regardless of the uh sort of assets at their disposal. They signed uh Kyle Lowry this summer who was the Mavericks number 1 trade target and though we have learned in hindsight that Kyle Lowry was essentially um I don't know if tampering's not the right word, but that deal was decided before free agency began. So why the Mavericks spent any time on it goes back to sort of my constant criticism that this team, be it, you know, uh, former GM Donnie Nelson, current owner Mark Cuban, just don't have a good sense for what the market actually is uh, for players. And, you know, it's not really, it doesn't really make sense to be second place to a team. You know, that's what was reported that the Mavericks were the second place team to Kyle Lowry. Uh, if it was already done, there was no second place. It was just, that's just like PR. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this game just in terms of a measuring stick because Lucas seems to obviously play really well against very good teams. Um, but you know, with the, there's one more game before the all-star break, this also might just sort of be, you can see teams looking ahead. 
is is what I'll say. But and you know maybe that would be the Heat uh, in this instance. But it'll be fun. It's an early game. Game starts at six thirty Central Time, which means an early uh, finish and probably early podcast from Josh and I in an early green room. So I'll be trying to do these uh, podcasts every couple of days, just little uh, summaries of what's going on with the Mavericks and kind of my extended thoughts once I'm no longer angry, because those of you who have had to listen to my post-game rants understand that I get unhappy about, well, literally anything. This has been Kirk Henderson. Thanks so much for joining, and I will talk to you guys a little later on Tuesday night.